it's going to burst a lot of the myths because ultimately my belief is that people want to work, people want to do a good job and people aren't going to just skive off because they happen to be working from home. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, blended learning consultant, Brit and bloody nice chap, Murray Cowell, on life in Southampton in the UK, training workshops and coaching trainers, it's meta but it's true, business now, even if some of it is on hold, how the principles of the four-hour work week seem to be coming true for the whole world, and some other great book recommendations, I give you Behavioural Change Pro, who's finally getting to know his neighbours after 20 years, Murray Cowell. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Murray Cal, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Well, thanks for inviting me. Pleasure. If you could uh, let everyone know where you are right now and because of where you are, I suppose, um, what your experience has been so far of of this crisis pandemic? Yeah, well, I'm in sunny Southampton on the south coast uh, of the UK. And it's been very interesting, I think, what's been going on recently. And the weather certainly seems to be better now that uh, there aren't thousands of vehicles crowding the streets. Um, So I work as a learning and development consultant. So most of my work, about half of my work actually is either face-to-face delivery or designing and developing training programs. And the other half is consulting with other training companies and individual independent trainers on how they can get better results from their programs. And so the effect, the business effect has been that all pretty much all the delivery type training is either on hold or postponed or cancelled. And so that's been very interesting from a, a business perspective because it really heightens the need or, or it creates an opportunity actually to put a, a much greater focus on marketing and really thinking about what are some of the more permanent changes that might come out of these strange events that we find ourselves with. And um, it's, I mean, Southampton is quite a busy city. There's a lot of students in the in the city. So it's incredibly weird going out on the streets and finding them so empty and so deserted. And so that's that's been quite a surreal element to it yeah um southampton certainly is full of students uh as as i'm aware having having been there quite a lot tell me you know you mentioned a focus on marketing because because of people holding and postponing cancelling things which i think everyone is experiencing to a certain degree yeah um, and would be would be lying if if they if they aren't in most cases so if you're moving your focus over to marketing which is 
which is something you have control of, something you can do. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing for you. How do you, how do you approach that? So it feels ethical and, you know, in line with the fact, considering the fact that everyone is, is experiencing or feeling like they're about to experience a massive downturn in business. Yeah, it's, it's recognize and it's recognizing that. So recognizing that, the, the and really thinking hard actually about what's going on in the in the businesses of the people that I'm serving. So what's happening to training businesses because they're having to pivot to create uh, online uh, versions of their training in a very short space of time, and also their clients and my own direct clients, how their businesses are being affected. So I, I've got uh, clients, you know, some clients, for example, in um, tech in IT. Um, sales and support who are experiencing a mini boom as a result of this. And I've got other clients, um, for example, a client, a client who's in financing um, where they've pretty much had to furlough everybody and they're wondering how do they avoid laying people off. So um, in both cases, training is not top of mind for these people at this point in time. And, and, and nor should it be because there are some dra- drastic changes that need to be made that, that take greater priority. So then it's thinking about when buyers aren't buying, what is, how do you go about sustaining the relationship and strengthening the, the relationship um, so that when they do start buying again, uh, it's, it's me that, or my clients that they're thinking of. And, and what that's really about is um, that, that I believe, as, as, as many of the people I've spoken to also believe, that there are going to be some permanent changes to the way that people work for example more working from home more people who are familiar with how to work remotely and how to use the technology to work remotely and that's going to have a knock-on effect into training so that people's expectation of how training uh, can be done is also going to change because there's there's been a lot of myths around not being able to get a result from online training and now that's the only kind of training that is realistically possible so People are going to have to find a way of making that work. And um, the, the, the sort of shock and denial that's uh, phase that we're in at the moment where, where there's still a belief among some people that this is temporary, that it's all going to come to an end fairly soon and everything's going to go back to normal. There's going to be a gradual realization that that's not really the case and that some things are going to change permanently. And some of those will be for the better. And so myself and my um, training colleagues we see ourselves as really having a, a role to play in leading people through this period of seismic change into what will turn out in a lot of ways to be a better future. And that, I think, is the, the focus for marketing activities at the moment. It's not, it's not about um, making direct sales in the short term. It's about building stronger long-term relationships and being able to show leadership. And, and I think that's probably um, translates into a lot of other businesses as well. Hundred percent. I think what you're talking about and what we're really talking about is the difference between marketing and sales, right? And we're talking about that marketing as being creating the noise, creating the attention around people, so that if you do it right, if you do marketing right, you've you've positioned yourself so that when people are ready, um, they're they're going to choose you. Um, and so, being acutely aware of the messages you're putting out right now. Um, and the tone of those messages and the timing of those messages is is going to be key to picking up additional clients 
uh, as and when they're ready to invest, right? Yeah, very important. So um, the the theme among so many people, so many people I'm talking to, many, many coaches, many consultants uh, with different specialisms are seeing um, some stuff not changing, but also seeing certain people who they work with who were sticklers for an in-person meeting having to relent and having to do this stuff remotely um and so that is that is definitely something that i'm, I'm sure it, it sounds like you'll you'll agree on the other side of this when we look to the other side of this people will be more accepting of remote working and actually you might get some of your life back because of that because you don't have to get in the car or train or whatever yeah very much so and um it, it really suits a lot of people and some of my clients who are, who are running offices with you know dozens or even hundreds of people in the office are already asking themselves the question if we can run this business without with everybody working from home what kind of a saving could we make on the property that we rent so there's there's it feels like there's going to be a, a real shift towards much more flexible working and much more home working and at the same time that doesn't suit everybody and not everybody's got the the facilities um or, or the desire to work from home. So uh, another possibility is that we might see a growth uh, outside of London in, in the, the kind of flexible, uh, local flexible working offices like, like WeWork and White Collar Factory and places like that, uh, taking hold in other, other areas because those, those kind of places are very popular in London, not so much in other, uh, in other places. But if people, um, it's a, a sort of halfway between working in a central office and working from home. And it's really brought it to the forefront of uh, people's minds, hasn't it? What the, what the possibilities are. And um, again, managers who, who maybe have had the idea that people will stop working if you're not constantly supervising are going to have to find ways now of, of making sure that people are productive, even when they're not uh, under the direct watchful eye of somebody in the office. And, and uh, it's going to burst a lot of the myths because ultimately my belief is that people want to work, people want to do a good job and people aren't going to just skive off because they happen to be working from home and they will continue to uh, to do the work um, just out of a sense of pride. But it does mean a different way of management and a different way of um, monitoring what people are doing and uh, holding people accountable. Yeah, right. And so there's a, there's a theme of trust that's going to come up, isn't there? Um, with certain, certain controlling types having to have, ha, having being forced to let go of the leash a little bit. Um, and all being well, in most cases, they'll be pleasantly surprised. In other cases, they'll realize perhaps the team member hiding in the, uh, desk down the corridor wasn't doing much work. Like, well, <laughs> we'll find out, I guess, but, but all being well, all being well, um, I think humans react quite nicely to being trusted um, with with tasks. They do, they do, and these 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 are changes that are long overdue because it, it's been it's been known for a while that uh, you can get productivity from people when they're working remotely, and flexible working has been been shown. It might, it, my in my past, I worked in uh, HR for uh, just over a decade. And um, that's, that's a while ago now, but even then, um, flexible working was being used as a way of motivating people to want to be more productive. And um, I, when I was in HR, I worked at IBM, and they um, famously went to putting, giving everybody the option to work a, a four-day week. 
Um, and that was very successful for them in terms of um, getting almost the same amount of productivity from people in four days as they had previously in five. So um, it, 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 there are a lot of outdated ideas about how work has to be organized. And these, these circumstances have really got people thinking, do we really need to be commuting to work every day? Do we really need to be all cramming into the same tubes and the same buses and driving on the same roads and the same trains to get to places at the same time every day and leaving at the same time? And it's a big experiment that we're going through, really, where people are going to find out not only that it works, but how to make it work. And, 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 and you know, it's good to, to find something positive out of these dire circumstances that we find ourselves in. And that's not to trivialize, you know, the fact that people are dying and lots of people are ill and all that kind of thing. But as, as a nation, we've seen worse than this and we've been through worse. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's something else that I'm seeing is that this is also making people, myself included, realize how, how lucky we are that nobody's trying to kill us. Nobody's dropping bombs on us or shooting us. And, we're not being asked to go to war. We're just being asked to sit in our front rooms and watch Netflix for a few weeks. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Going back to the you know, change in work culture, I, I pulled down my very well-thumbed copy of the 4-Hour Workweek, oh, yes. which, which is mainly about, like, and I've never had a job, right? So I went to the 4-Hour Workweek looking specifically for the techie part and the strategies around, you know, how Tim Ferriss was putting certain things together. Yeah. There's a whole section of that book I remember reading in a, and being entertained by the fact that he was giving loads of people very specific tactics on how to negotiate with your boss about how to work from home. And that mm. was first published in 2007 and was mentioned in hushed tones, I imagine, in the corporate world for a long time yes. as people started to read this book and and, um, and try out these experiments that Ferris was kind of in, endorsing. And and uh, obviously, he's a global superstar to the remote worker now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's like he, what he wrote in this book has, has come true in the, in the weirdest way, you know, um, it really has. And it's, it's got quite a mischievous tone, hasn't it? Where he's saying, he's saying, um, that this book is, is, is aimed at, uh, freelancers. Um, but actually he goes on to give some tips on how you can organize your work more, more effectively to, to delegate to other freelancers, for, for example, even if you're an employee, just as long as you don't get caught. Um, and that, that sort of those tips that he was making, um, out of mischief at the time are now, as you say, coming true and, and people are starting to see that actually it is possible to organize work in this way. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the, the, what, what he wrote then in 2007 is as, as true today as, uh, as, as it was then. Yeah. And I still sometimes go back and read it and just think, yeah, this is really, really good. And since he's written it, he will definitely talk about how he's not proud of perhaps the tone he delivered in and he feels it's a little bit cocksure and, and all of that stuff. He's a bit more of a considered chap by all accounts these days and, and, and more mellow as he's got older as we all have. But, the, yes. but uh, he said before he doesn't want to change it because it just, 
Yes. It just works so well. So I doesn't want to kind of go in and ruin, ruin the magic that it, that it gave people. And I think rightly so, because if you look at that book now, uh, in this time, it's, it's incredible to read it through the lens that we're all viewing the world from. I agree. And, and the book is what it is. And I, I read it. Um, I could, I could tell that it was slightly tongue in cheek the way it was being written. And it, I, the book wouldn't have been as much fun to read if it if it wasn't written like that. So, um, uh, yeah. So I I think he's right that it's it's not a good idea to rewrite it. Um, and the other author that I find uh, very useful in times like this that that is an associate of Tim Ferriss's is Ryan Holiday, and his his books like uh, The Obstacle Is the Way, um, in particular, is particularly useful in a time like this where um, he's calling on the the wisdom of the stoic philosophers to recognize that um all things pass both good and bad and there are some pretty clear techniques that you can use to keep your calm and and that is one of the key things to getting through all of this is to and i don't mean keep calm in in the in the terms of the corny posters that say keep calm and carry on doing whatever um but but really holding our nerve it's very easy to catastrophize in these kind of situations. It's not hard to imagine the, the nightmare scenarios. What's what's often much harder to do is to keep on an even keel and to remember that you, we each of us we can only do our best. That's all, and you can't expect any more than than that from anybody. And the anything that's not under our direct control or, or within our sphere of influence is by definition something that we can't do anything about. So it's important to focus on what can we do and, and to be um, confident in taking the next step and just to keep moving forward and not to think too much about the, the worst case scenarios. I mean, it's worth having a plan for what you're going to do if things don't work out, but at the same time, not to let that govern your decision-making and, and end up making decisions that are out of fear rather than out of holding your nerve and, and keeping on the, the track that you believe with all your heart is going to lead to the most successful outcome for you yeah great i like the uh, the stoic stuff is coming through strong these days um for me and mm. uh yeah you mentioned ryan holiday any any other stuff you're looking at as you find yourself having a slightly more flexible schedule i wonder um you know are you digging in reading any books watching anything that that has been on your to-do list for a while or just yeah it's um yeah it's given me an opportunity to uh to catch up on my, on my reading certainly um and um but i do I, I read a lot of non-fiction i i don't read a huge amount of business books but i um i've what i've just finished reading at the moment is um stephen pinker's book the better angels of our nature where he catalogues with quite a lot of evidence he's done a huge amount of research into this the, the decline in, in violence amongst the human species over the last few centuries. And, and most people, I know, I know I was quite surprised to hear him suggesting that we were li- living perhaps in the least violent times of, uh, of all of human history, because if you turn on the news, it doesn't look like that. Um, but but he, he goes on to, to really explain it in great detail. And it, it shows, and, and as, well, as well as some explanations of why he thinks that is the case, what what kind of factors he thinks have led to this decline in violence, and um, there are some very interesting life lessons to to learn in there um, about the 
the need for connectedness. And it's although it's not about viral pandemics, it's also just as relevant to this kind of situation. And this is, in a lot of ways, I think it's been a wake-up call to people that um, I, I'm, I'm certainly noticing stronger connections in my in my friendship group, stronger connections with my work colleagues, and people being much more interested in the human aspect. So people that I've worked with for um, for some time who I've always thought it's only ever been a professional relationship are now opening up and talking about their, their personal lives in a way that they hadn't done before. And um, so... So yeah, I think that's that's another uh, good aspect that will come from it. I think a reassessment of what it means to be part of a community and and the importance of those communities. Um, so there's that, and I also um, am a I'm an avid podcast listener. And I was talking to a friend of mine um, or a colleague of mine today, well, a colleague and a friend uh, earlier on, and he gave me some great recommendations of a, of a few of the podcasts that he listens to. Um, so um, that you know, it's and and again, it's. It, it, in some ways, as self-employed people who don't have uh, the option of being furloughed um, and don't have very much or, or no support from the government, um, we don't really have the option to to stop working. Um, but I think for when I think about if I was employed and and I was having eighty percent of my salary paid, the temptation to just see it as a long holiday would be would be really great. But I think it's it's really important to to see this as an opportunity to better ourselves. I was talking to a client um, yesterday and she's having, um, she runs a, an audio visual um, man, uh, management business. Or she's a manager for an audio visual business. So they provide the audio visual services into their clients and the client contact is telling their uh, client facing managers, just take it easy. There's nothing for you to do. You don't have to do any work. And she was saying, well, actually I want them to, um, to catch up on their, qualifications to do some continuous professional development to write up their standing operating standard operating practices and to emerge from all of this in better shape than we were when we went into it and and that's really important i think so to to really take if if you are furloughed and you and you are being paid to stay at home and not work to really look at that as an op- a real golden opportunity to uh to to up- update your skills to read stuff you wouldn't read, to listen to stuff you wouldn't normally listen to, to talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to, and just to generally enrich your life. Because what what a wasted opportunity if you if we if we don't come out of this any better than we were when we ran into it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I have a very good friend, obviously background in music, um, and a friend who's got an AV company, tech company, owns. Uh, God knows how much uh, PA, you know, warehouses of speakers and all of that stuff. Also owns a fleet of trucks, and he's actually ended up working working for supermarkets. You know, he's got his drivers out doing those extra deliveries because that's where demand is. You know, and he's certainly not erecting stages in um, fields uh, this week. So, so, um, so he's delivering lettuces to um, to supermarkets instead. But amazing, very quick pivot from him um so and so nice to so nice to see him because that was the kind of person and business owner and friend that i was i would have been worried about you know so so definitely opportunity and and to speak on the the personal finding out what people are really like having conversations with people who were normally you would only have quite work related chats to 
that's that's why one of the reasons why I've done this podcast, right? It, it's it's the perfect opportunity to take the temperature of how people are feeling, how people are coping, what people are doing, and I think that's interesting. And and I hope that it serves as a document to this time that you that we can reference that we can share with people if they ever wonder uh, what was going through our minds, and also a really nice way of um, your contacts to get the feeling of what you stand for and what it is you're about, because there are going to be a number of people that claim to sell the same results you do up and down the UK, all around the world, um, talking about blended learning, talking about all of these things, which are, you know, out, out there in the world. But when it comes to, well, who am I going to choose to deliver and design this blended learning platform? that that's why this is here like that's why i'm doing this podcast because i'm i'm interested in pulling out the humanity of uh, of this situation and for me that's the opportunity like more than more than like closing deals today the opportunity is to provide a platform and have have someone ask you questions because of the old you can't see the label from inside of the bottle thing yes yeah <laughs> and just also to be specific it's worth j- just mentioning what you were talking about around the 80 percent of your salaries being paid is a specific thing that's happening in here in the uk uh is not happening uh in other places uh different things are happening i had an incredible chat with um bradley schmidt who's in south africa and that is certainly a different vibe to the one that we're experiencing um, in the UK. So um, just closing out. Sorry, I was just saying that that's another, um, that's another surprising element to all of this because, um, you know, we've, we've, we're emerging from over a decade of austerity when we've been told repeatedly that there's no money for this, that and the other. Um, and um it's interesting. It's interesting to see that kind of economic um, ideology is now being challenged more than it's ever been challenged before, because the government has no option really but to provide this kind of support to prevent the the economy from melting down. And um, and you can see that they're doing it through gritted teeth because it, it flies so much in the face of what they what they stand for. So it's going to be very interesting to see. What, how people's expectations change. And um, this, this situation has presented quite a, a challenge for uh, market-driven ideologies that, that tend to suggest that the market can sort everything out because it certainly can't sort this out. So it's been interesting to see how much state intervention is being necessary to stop our capitalist system from melting down because of these circumstances. And uh, it'll be I'm, I'm very be very interested to see what the what the kind of longer term ramifications of that are. No question, and we're talking uh, we're talking on a day when the prime minister, who has been um, what some would describe as an enemy of the NHS, is now being um, literally having his life saved, all being well uh, by them mm. in in hospital. So, yeah, it, it's it's super it's super interesting. Um, not all people would describe him as an enemy of the NHS, but uh, I wonder if he'll be 
certainly more of an ally than he's perceived to have been by others um, after having personally gone through this thing and getting the virus and stuff. Um, and and let's uh, let's um, let's close this thing out by me asking you this: What's locally or nationally, internationally? What's what has impressed you? What surprised you? And um, helped you since keep your spirits up maybe since this whole thing's kicked off well the 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 thing that i I don't know if it's really surprised me but it's uh, what's been really notable is how resilient we are as a people and as a species and um uh you know that's not to say that people that i've spoken to haven't been worried or or uh, fearful of what might happen but but generally speaking the uh the 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 will to carry on and the determination to get through this has really been striking and um you know as we've re- referred to a couple of times during this chat um uh, that that people are uh making more time you know i i've i've spoken more with my neighbors in the last um, in the last few weeks than i have in the whole of the 20 odd years that i've been living in the in the house that i live in and um you know that's good to see, and it it really restores faith in the human spirit that uh, that we that we can get through things together, and that we're we're a resilient species, and uh, and um, that that we're the way that we support each other to get through these kind of times. I think is something that's very striking, and it's been yeah. a big help for me. Yeah, I I, oh, I don't know. Fifteen years ago, I had a terrible neighbour situation, which led me to selling the place that I was in and, and, uh, really, really got, really got me down, like really got, got me down big time. And, and when we moved, uh, we've moved a couple of times since then, but we've the house that we're in now with, I feel so grateful that I have neighbors and, and, um, I have a, a, a widower lady who lives next door who can't see her family at the moment, but, but she can see our kids on the climbing frame and I, we always say hello. We've got that kind of nice relationship, but we're making a point. Luckily, we've got the weather at the moment. We're making a point to just speak to her. She has, she doesn't have the internet. You know, she doesn't have a mobile phone. Like she's not interested in it. So she relies on um, old school telephone conversations and visits from her kids and her grandkids, which she can't have at the moment. So um, I'm feeling very privileged to to have that sort of community around me and and um and it's a certainly a way that i can help her get get through this i guess just by having having our kids throw balls over the fence by mistake and she throws it back (laughs) it's like stuff as small as that but it's it's nice and and i think that that will help everyone's days go quicker so i'm certainly making a point of um yeah of being a decent neighbor it's so important isn't it which which i think of course we all are but but yeah i, I do feel when i look back on the situation that i was in 15 years ago and think crikey if i was in that place with that guy living downstairs um back back in the days when i was living in that flat i would i would be going nuts um and now i'm in a house with a garden you know and all of that stuff so um yeah awesome well look um murray where can people find out more about um, your work and 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 how you can help them. 
The best place to look is my LinkedIn page, uh, which has got details of how to get in touch with me. I'm very interested. Anybody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, then please do so. Just drop me a note in your connection to say what it is that interests you about what I do. And uh, then we can we can organize a follow-up chat from there. Great. Is there any any particular people you're you're looking for at the moment to work with that you feel that you're in a good position to help right now? Yeah, I'm very interested in talking to other trainers, particularly trainers who are um, considering blended learning or who are, or who already provide it, um, because I think this is a this is a good time for us. Well, not not right now, but when we emerge the other side of this uh, lockdown, it's going to be a good time. It, and it feels like blended learning is an idea whose time has come. And as Victor Hugo said, there's nothing more powerful than that. Nice, nice way to end on a strong quote, Murray. Um, great. Okay. Well, um, I know you're obviously the kind of chap that's open to having conversations and uh, not pushing through sales. So now's a good time to have that those chats, and and now's a good time to plan. So do reach out to Murray if uh, if that sounds like something you'd like to do. And um, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much, Toby. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. This episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com.